1: Yeah, some uh recruit some more five stars. <laughs> you talking about all the four or five stars you recruited. You're not the only one recruit five stars and four stars, we do too. Let's go. We got we got guys coming back next year too. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have some different players out there next year too. I'm not gonna play with the exact same team. You know, so let's go. Bring it. We here, we ain't going nowhere. <laughs>
2: It. Hey, Trey, got it back it. In hey, the ball, hey. I promise you Tiger fans, welcome to episode 195 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty jsu tigers i am the Corey c be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes apple podcast listeners rate and review the show and everyone follow tiger talk with the 1400 club on facebook and tiger talk 1400 on instagram and twitter it all helps the cause which is the i love jackson state university And I'm joined today by Zoe. What up, Zoe? What's going on, Corey? What's going on, V.I. Love family? And of course, we got the insider, the man himself, BJ. Welcome back, BJ. Yo, I'm glad to be back. Let's get it. <laughs> I know you're glad to be back. I know Zoe's glad to be here. I'm yes, happy sir. to be here. Man, I don't even know where to start. Let me start here. How did you guys sleep Saturday night? Oh, man, like a baby. I
1: slept, I slept <laughs> wonderfully, man. The, hey, the, my drink tasted better. The <laughs> air felt better. You know what I'm saying? All Ooh, was right please. with the world. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, sir. In Injubile. Man, man, this is awesome times, man. Uh, man, I'm, I'm on top of the world right now. This Jack State team dominated the quote-unquote spring swag champions from the opening kickoff to the final whistle and left absolutely no doubt who the better team is. So let's talk about it. I don't even know where to start. Let's just get into it, guys.
1: Well, look, I, I'll just start it like this, man. My man BJ used the exact term: Huntsville is no longer Huntsville. From henceforth and forevermore, it will forever be known as Juville. That's exactly <laughs> what we did to Lewis Crew Stadium. We invaded. We had the hashtag JSU Takeover, and it was a, it was a, it was a takeover. I mean, we we took over. From the moment the first Jacksonian touched feet on ground on campus, I mean, there was nothing left for anybody that had ties to Alabama and them to do. It was beautiful, man. I actually except told go home,
2: this, <laughs> except go home,
1: man. Look, it was fun. 40, no, it
2: was...
1: Let me tell you, man. I'm 43 years old. I haven't heard fired up J State chant like that, man, since I was a kid. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was a. It was. It was a beautiful sight to see i almost brought a tear to my eye man it felt like 1985 all over again mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't and if y'all if y'all were out in the city if y'all went to eight went
3: back to your hotel you ran across somebody that had on a that maroon and white they just they couldn't even look you in the face <laughs> they just walked around with their head down they just some of them didn't even speak they it was just how bad <laughs> it was
2: like it was just like there's nothing else to say like nation pure domination and it started with the defense they set the tone early Man, I can go on and on about this defense. We've done it all season long, but I think the rest of the world finally saw what we've been trying to tell them. Zo, so let's hear it, man. Defense. Man, look,
1: Shadur told them from the <laughs> jump, man. It equates to a blowout.
2: They laughed. They laughed at us, though. They laughed. Well, this freshman's coming in. He doesn't know a thing about swack and he he's a freshman and he's gonna learn. No, he don't have any swag hours. No know. swag hours. But they learn.
1: <laughs> Guarantee ain't nobody laughing now. They see he, what he meant with the truth. Man, ACC we, we, defense. We, man, we, it, it was it was total annihilation, man. From from the from the opening kickoff to the end of the game, man, it was a beautiful sight to see. The defense, like the eighty five bears out there. I mean, we talking about we talking about a strip sack fumble on like the fifth or sixth play of, of the opening drive, running back for a score, and it was an onslaught from there on out. Bj, man, it looked good. They were aggressive. They were flying the
3: linebackers. Hemp, in my opinion, probably had one of his best games this year. Yeah, the, he did. The DB. Yes, man, they were physical. They were up in those guys' faces all game. It was just beautiful, man. And Glass, he was just. It was he a total was, I, I, was, was, I, don't, total I don't team he effort. Never
2: recovered. He never recovered from that opening drive because, you know, you, you can prepare for this team. You can watch film. You can read the newspaper and see that they're, they're rated this and, and they have the number one defense here and this guy's leading the league in sacks. But when you mm-hmm. see, when it's yeah. your face, it's a different story. It's a different exactly. ball game. I think their coaches learned that too. Different Amen. in your face. Mm-hmm.
1: Ain't nothing like the real thing, baby. Ain't nothing like the real thing. You can practice with all you want to. But until you get there live and you got that 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 blue, red, and white in front of you, you can practice all you want to. Man, it was, it was, we dominated them boys, man dominate But,
2: you know, this defense is so impressive. It continues to press me more and more each week because have you guys noticed every single week there's a new name that jumps out? Not a new name, a player that we know about, but someone who hadn't really contributed the previous week or earlier in the season. They come out of nowhere. So let's go down the list. Did you see Tredarius Carr, the opening drive of the game making plays? Where's Tradarius Carr been? Yes, man. <laughs> Mr. JT Reagan. Free JT Reagan. Well, he's finally free. Talk about that, though. I know you were excited about it. Oh, him. my he God, the man. first four games.
1: Oh, my God, man. He got a bull rush. And, and, and I really think because of the play of Houston, because they, 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 they put so much attention to Houston, especially after that first strip sack fumble. Definitely. Oh, my God. If you guys go back and get a chance on YouTube to watch, man, JT Reagan bull rush and sack the quarterback. Oh, my God. His first sack of the game. When I tell you he whipped that guard, like whipped him. (laughs) Oh my God. It's a thing of beauty. He did. I mean, that. Man, look, there were no swim moves. I mean, straight bull rushing ran him over. And he almost like he sacked the, the guard
2: and the quarterback at the same time. When you look at a guy like JT Reagan and even a Jamani Crane, man, these are guys who have been here. They've been in the program for several years, but they look different. What, what's so different about these guys this year than previous seasons? You, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that, Corey, because way it is, man,
1: iron shoppers iron, man. When you get better talent, it makes you step your game I up. Agree. And when you're around I agree. better talent, you know what I'm saying? You get better around better players. I agree. And
3: I now also you gotta give shout out to Coach Weeks on that defensive line. The energy mm-hmm. that he has is unmatched. Yes, sir. his um attention to detail is unmatched. I mean, you see it, you see his personality all
2: through that D line. They're outspoken, they're nasty, and they something to deal with. And we found out. Another guy, Dalen Dunn. You know, he's a guy who's obviously
1: full of potential. Dago. <laughs> the the boy, the war from Dago. Man, look, man. Man guy came in, and, and and one thing I gotta give Dunn credit for, man, the dude he plays with a mean streak, man. He has a great motor. Um, and he and it finally paid through for him. I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about this defense, man. We really showcased the depth, the depth. alongside alongside the D line this game, mm-hmm. and it was a total unit effort from the front end to the back end. People always talk about oh, the front end. But, you know, oh, you know, the front end is so good. You know, the back end, is at, man, whatever. All 11 guys contributed multiple times as a as a unit this game. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and let's talk about, yeah. I know, BJ, BJ, you talk about it a lot, just the secondary. There's been some talks just, you know, since the game about our secondary giving up, you know, right at 300 yards. And we had – uh, Hilaire, who went for double-digit catches for over 100 yards as well. Just, just your perspective, BJ, on our secondary and how they played on Saturday and how they played I, all year. I don't want to hear nothing about Hilaire or any of the receivers because, in my opinion, they stayed
3: padded. That game was over in the early third. They had "Won the game. The game was over." But in my opinion, the secondary is one of the best in FCS. It's the best in the conference. Um, they're aggressive. Um, they're physical at the line of scrimmage all game long. Um, you got to give a shout out to Coach DT and Coach Matthews. They roll those guys out in numbers, and they just play physical and they
1: in your face all game. You just got to stay something to deal with. Well, the thing about the DBs, and it, again, it goes back to the defense, is the numbers don't lie. I mean, you held the quote unquote number one passing offense in the conference to. I mean, I mean they had. I mean, they didn't have three hundred yards. And then you look at the quarterback and half of the passing yardage, they, you know, we were in the league so big that they went away from everything that they do. So pretty much all they're doing is throwing the ball. So you're going to get some yardage because all you're doing is throwing. So really, you know, how much of a percentage of that can justify to, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's stat it's padding, but they still yeah. not accumulating great stats though, because they still on the guy 293 yards. And that's for the whole entire, entirety of the game. And another thing, that's- um, I want people to also understand
3: that our defense in the back end has not given up many explosive plays all year long. If you do so catch the ball, a lot of times out like of 10, you're catching it and you're hitting the, the turf. Like, that's it. I mean, there haven't been many busts. You haven't seen guys running down the field, 30, 40 yards, wide open, naked. You you just haven't seen it this year. So mm-hmm. all that talk is just, it's just mumbo jumbo to me. And, Definitely. you know, shout out to the DBs also, because this is the first receiving group that we have so-called face um, early in the season, the so-called Rack Boys, and now we face the Outlaws. And you know, I think it's time for us to give our DBs a name. You
1: know, you know, BJ, to add to that, we played the Rack Boys and the Dillon. They didn't get no rack. We played the Outlaws and we might as well have wired up on the team because we shut them down, locked them up. I mean, dude, the, all we heard was, oh man, when they go these five wide, we don't have the DBs to match up with a five wide. Last time I checked, they got two touchdowns the whole entire game. They got That'd two to hold a matter of fact. We play we we played five games so far this season, and this defense, the dark side defense, has only given up six touchdowns this entire season.
2: Definitely mm. shut some shutdown performances. But let's take it back to this front line. Ten sacks, guys. A program record. I mean, they put pressure on, and we talked about it prior to the game. The importance of putting pressure on glass when he struggled, go even going back to the spring championship game against Pine Bluff. When he struggles, it's usually because pressure's in his face, and we knew that he had never seen pressure like this, but I would have never thought it would be to the tune of 10 sacks.
1: How could you? We Again, this is, this is as as rich as a history as Jackson State had, this has never been done before. And we've played against teams in the past that's even thrown the ball more than what a and doing. And we haven't come close to this particular record. 10 sacks is, man, it's, that's mind-blowing you think about it. Mm-hmm. And it was done by – you have multiple guys with multiple sacks. But, again, that speaks to the depth of the talent that we have because we have at least six guys with one sack. And mm-hmm. the, and,
2: okay. and if we got 10 sacks, just think about the amount of hurries we got, the amount of knockdowns yeah, we got. Because Glass started getting rid of it. Yeah, he definitely started getting rid of it when he saw that pressure coming. So it was 10 sacks, but the, the hurries it definitely would was a big was huge as well. Y'all. I'm going to
3: be honest with y'all, down on the field, and just from my point of view, it looked like early in the first quarter and the O-line was the point where they were really to just, just really just – I mean, because like Corey said earlier, um, it's a difference when you watching film and you scouting and all of that. But when you get on that field and you see that speed and you see that explosiveness, you see that power head up and it's coming at you, I mean – And I just think it was too much for them. And I think they realized they were overmatched. And that's just from me. I'm looking at body language. I'm just looking at Mm -hmm. them. And it's just like,
2: this is it. You know, BJ, when you talk about them being overmatched, you know what I saw when I watched that game? This really looked like a swag team going up against an FBS team. Think about it. Whenever we play out of conference, we're outmatched. They have more depth than us. They wear us down. They're more physical. They're bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. This is what it looked like. And that's what it looked like. Now, if you take it back to what Shadour said, I know we talked about this already, but he he talked about it. Uh, he and said, exactly. And, and he said a regular SWAG team, which a lot of people took that as disrespect. But he he showed you exactly what he, we were talking about because a 61-15, complete domination, a lot of times that's what it looks like when the SWAG team goes out of conference in place for a money game.
1: Well, Corey, I got to tell you, uh, it was a great – Number of fans at that game. that pretty much said this was Alabama and those money game. Quite a people were, che- were cheering <laughs> it in the stadium. I mean, that's what it looked like. It looked like it was a money game. To add to what you're saying, that's what it looked like. It really did. It looked bad. Like it. Yeah.
3: It, it, it looked like they didn't belong.
2: They didn't. They didn't belong. Absolutely. So let's switch it over to this offense, guys. The offense really got untracked. And I want to start with this old line because we've given them. You know, they've been much (laughs) maligned. We've talked about them on the show. They gave up no sacks. They paved the way for 247 rushing yards. Santee Marshall, 12 rushes, 122 yards. So what did you guys see with that O-line? Well, one thing
1: I want to definitely give them a shout-out, I know that the masses will say, you know, we played a defense that was giving up 34 points a game. And every team in, in conference that faced this defense you know, put up uh, career highs against his defense. But one thing of note that we can take pride on is that uh, the Alabama of defense, if you watch the film, they were real good at getting pressure to the quarterback. And, and, QB one would he pretty much could stay back there, uh, you know, and you know with the with the issues we've had on the line, we could take pride in it because we've had issues beforehand, and it was a total reversal uh, on this game. I mean, we had all the time we needed to make the throws to you know go down uh, to you know to check down man if we choose to. We had all day to throw the ball, so kudos to the O line. It looked awesome.
2: And I want to touch on that a little bit more in detail, though, because a lot of people are saying that the opponent. But based on this, looking at this, this improved O-line play that we saw Saturday, what can we attribute it to? Was it truly an, an improvement and something that we can expect to see going forward? Or was this mainly due to us going up against a subpar Alabama A&M defense? Or was it a little bit of both? I think it's a multitude of things. Yes.
1: It will, it, it, number one, it's the opponent. We're, gonna, we're not going to uh, sweep that under the rug. It's the opponent. It's also the guys being coached up. It's also the five guys set that we had playing, but then also a change in offensive philosophy that played a part as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a multitude of things. Plus, you add the bye week with, you know, getting a week worth of extra few days of practice, you know, said to take account and all that. And there brought out the result that we got.
3: It was beautiful, man.
1: I saw them, like they were more
3: confident. I saw them, the cohesiveness up front. And like you said, they didn't touch it at all like really had time to do what he wanted to do to go over his reads in the running game we saw some um some push up front time this year and what people fail to realize is that as bad the rep defense gets against the run, they're actually one of the better teams that surprised me i was told that and i had to look it up but they're actually in the top half against the run in the conference but you couldn't tell um saturday um like both of our backs had some success running, and even saw Kirby one break one out. Uh, <laughs> so, the like I
1: said, it, uh, it was a good performance. And, and you know what else, BJ, to add on that? One thing that uh, we as alums and fans can't forget, and I think the masses tend to sweep under the rug as well, we can't uh, underestimate the fact that this team is still a new team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, uh, so this team is still in the process of gelling. You know what I mean? So on offense and defense, because, you know, as great as this defense has been, you know, it's it's safe to say that everyone that we come in contact with knows that, hey, man, they're one game away from exploding. And if they get any semblance of a good offense, you know, the swack is going to be on notice. And we made that statement, you know, against Alabama a and But on offense and defense, this is a brand new team. They still are gelling. We can't forget that.
2: And when you talk about this being a new team and still jelling, they're also still, you know, learning the playbook because this is a different playbook from the spring. They added, exactly. you know, added to it. The spring was more vanilla. Not only that, you know, there was a last-minute you know, change heading to this game regarding the offense. And so you said there was a change in the offense philosophy. Well, we can speak on it. Coach Prime shouted him out after the game, Coach T C Taylor. He said a heck of a job. TC calling the plays. <laughs> Of our kids. I'm proud of
1: our coaches. TC Taylor
2: called a heck of a game. So that was definitely a welcome change, a welcome addition. Definitely injected some life into this offense. And the players really responded well to him. A few wrinkles. He did some things similar, but he definitely added some things that we hadn't seen before. So just talk about this new offensive philosophy that we saw. We just saw a taste of it, obviously. And I'm sure we'll add more to it. But what were your guys' thoughts on that?
1: it was refreshing to see uh we uh a lot of the same concepts man but we we really changed some things formation wise man we we did a lot more with the uh with the tight end uh we took uh, noticeably you know we took a lot more shots downfield mm-hmm. uh we did a lot of things down the seams um got the ball out of his hand rather quickly um uh, it just seems like for the first time, though, we really had a thorough plan of what we wanted to do with regards to attack to attack of the defense. And that was a that was a um, a pleasure to see. Um, but, yeah, with with all the changes, I'm even more excited going forward to see, you know, with the team specific of who are playing of what their game plan is going to be like going forward.
3: It was very efficient. all situationally. Some of the things we did were a little bit better and yes, like I said yeah. um going forward I hope it can continue and I think that was the biggest thing. I don't think it was a uh we had been bad it was just situationally sometimes we just were we weren't yeah. on this or on in certain situations but like I said we converted our third downs we were very efficient Definitely. um looking back at the stats and like I said, I hope that's something that we continue going to this week against a good Alabama state defense that's not you know let's not forget they are pretty solid. So uh, yep. that's something that I'm be yeah. looking
2: forward to seeing. Yeah, converting on third down—that was something that you know we've talked about on this show. Uh, this this team was eight out of ten on third down. So, so definitely some improvement with that offense. We definitely got shout out Should do it. We do it every game, but another spectacular game. Seventeen for twenty-four. 249 yards four touchdown that was despite four drops and i know every quarterback has drops i get it but i mean <laughs> this man is putting the ball right there on their hands and like zo always says rarely in harm's way this kid continues to impress i'm not gonna this is a completely different show we're not gonna go there but you know glass is the undisputed best quarterback in the swag but uh i, I i'll just pause before we get <laughs> before we go left
1: uh i gotta say those days are over with shador for the fourth time out of five games has completed 70 percent or better of his passes there's not on any level two other quarterbacks that's done that fbs fcs or otherwise and he's a true freshman Four out of five game complete seventy percent of these passes, and he's not doing any dicker dunks because if you go look at his touchdowns, he had a thirty-seven yard pass touchdown to Trevante to Rucker. He had a twelve yard touchdown.
2: Let, let, let's pause. The the pass to Rucker was beautiful. That was yes. an NFL throw. He's made several NFL throws this season. But carry and, on though.
1: And then he had a he, he had a twenty yard touchdown pass to Wyman, and he had a twelve yard bullet of a touchdown pass to uh um, Warren Newman. So he's not digging and dunking. Matter of fact. He um he was getting I believe about uh 13 or 14 yards per completion, mm-hmm. as well as um don't forget he had the one touchdown running. The other thing he had six rushes for 50 yards, which is 9.7 yards a clip. I mean <laughs> I, I, I'm look I'm not anybody knows me know I wear blue and white glasses and I wear them proudly. I'm not saying it with my blue and white glasses on, but he's the best quarterback in the sway. 249 yards on 7% completion percentage with four touchdowns. Not a bad throw at all. That's with four drops, and yet he still has six rushes for 15 yards and a touchdown averaging nine yards a rush. Let's
2: just continue to, to celebrate the win. Who, who cares if he's the best quarterback, if if Glass – We wish you well, Mr. Glass, going to the NFL. If, if You know, if you get that opportunity to represent the swag well. But on Saturday, uh, this team totally dominated – Alabama A&M and Shadour looked like the man. And, you know, we, we could say, well, Shadour was going up going up against Alabama A&M's defense and Glass was going up against that Vonnette, Jack State defense. Well, <laughs> Shador faces that defense every day in practice, and, and he does the Precisely. same thing in and practice. And what did he say? <laughs> it equates to a blowout. To a blowout. And it equated to a blowout. Absolutely, absolutely. So, guys, we've we mentioned the coaches. We have to give this entire staff their credit. You know, one thing that the fans, we always like to say, oh, this coach got coached, or he co- he outcoached this coach. But forget all that. Let's just talk about how prepared this coach staff had this team, how excellent their game plan was, and how they just went really went out and carried out and executed their game plan to a tee.
1: Well, I'm going to say – the one thing I feel like Coach Prime really showed his coaching acumen. He he definitely took advantage of the bye week. Mm-hmm. We got to start there. They made they they totally utilized and maximized and made all the moments count in their bye week. Made the decision to go ahead and, and, and switch. You know, what I'm saying the philosophy to get a different set of eyes to make some you know to call the plays on offense, and then they did a they. they I'll say this: they did a great job at self scouting as well as preparing for Alabama and Arizona. There was nothing that that team did that we weren't prepared for, and right. we showed that during the game. So that right there alone shows you that. And, you know, again, that comes to that, that NFL experience. That comes to that, that college coaching experience that they had. So we were, we were very well prepared. I, I know some people tend to think, well, you know, yeah, you know, the, uh, other coaching staff, they've been, you know, coaching longer than this staff. You know, from uh, or, or in comparison to Coach Prime, but uh, we weren't outcoasting any facet of that game, and uh, Coach Prime really put his best foot
2: forward, and he shined. He really shined in this game. Yeah, I mean, they definitely had this team ready to play. You know, Coach Prime always talked about smart, fast, tough, and discipline. All four boxes were checked. The only thing we want to nitpick the penalties. And I know, Zoe, that was that kind of was a pet peeve of yours as well. Over 100 yards in penalties, we still had a dominant performance. Despite that, I know that's something they're going to want to clean up.
1: Uh, most definitely. Uh, and- but, again, it's, it's, a, it's a gift and a curse. You know, I think the penalty yards, as, as bad as they were, it still speaks to the dominance of how we performed in that game. Because, again, we had the ultimate form of balance, right? We had 249 yards passing, 247 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about right at 500 yards total offense. We put up 60 points on the All board, right. but yet we still – you know, gave up 146 yards of penalties.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that 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 right. speaks to the dominance. So and if we put 61 up with 146 146 penalty yards, because I can pretty much assure you, about 30 of those yards hand delivered two touchdown scores for them. Right. So if and we put up by- exactly so if you sit here, if if we if we cut the penalties in half, we literally probably have about 80 points on the board. Seriously,
2: <laughs> not an 80p. And we we Seriously. haven't talked we haven't talked about numbers like that since Coach Asbury was the office coordinator and Coach John yeah. Shannon back in the day. So you know, definitely a welcome sight was... to see the offense clicking, regardless of the adeptness of the defense on the other end. You know, we'll take it. We, yeah. we want to see it get it back on track. Definitely. A... So I love the balance. And you know, guys, we. On Instagram, we had a, a Q&A on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club with some of the fans that were asking us questions leading into this week, this game. And one of the questions was, what were the keys to winning? Uh, what were the keys to beating Alabama A&M? And our response was, was actually four things. We talked about getting pressure on glass. Well, we did that all night. We talked about establishing the run. Obviously, we did that, thanks in large part to the improved play of the offensive of line. Shout out again to the cameraman. And J.D. Martin, we didn't talk about him when we talk about that O-line, oh, that but the fans have been waiting for him to be unleashed, so we, get, we got a glimpse of J.D. Martin. He got his first touchdown, and he ran the ball effectively, mm-hmm. ran it hard, hit the hole. Uh, the third thing we talked about was protecting the football, uh, no sacks, no turnovers, uh, so that will, obviously we checked that box. And then the fourth thing that we talked about as far as a key to beating A&M, we said that we need to take 10,000 people to Huntsville. So let's talk about mm-hmm. that crowd, that crowd on the Jack State side and the overall crowd. What was that energy like?
1: Uh man, it, it 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 was. Oh man, it was it was beautiful, man. It was a sight to see. Um, uh, I've been going to Huntsville f- f- for years now, and that was by far and a way the largest uh, contingent of Jackson State fans has ever gone to Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the second biggest was when we beat them to go to the 07, uh Swag Championship game, but this crowd here and and they made the announcement. This was the second largest. Uh, attended game in that stadium's history. And that was Mm -hmm. way back in 1998. And that stadium was built, I believe, in 1996. And Mm -hmm. the stadium holds 21,000. The announced attendance was 21,800. So it's over capacity. People standing up. And at first, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people were there, but they weren't in their seats. But I can assure you, right after halftime, it was packed. It was filled to the brim. And, man, when I tell you the Jacksonians, man, kudos to the I Love family. I was amongst you guys. Let me tell you, from the opening kick, when I tell you our fans was into the game, man, we were into the game. The players responded. They loved it. And like I said earlier, man, I haven't heard five of J State like that since I was a kid, man. Mm -hmm. It felt so good. It felt refreshing. Man, look, this is me talking directly to you fans. Let's keep the momentum going. We yeah. we kind of died down in the second half. Let's keep mm-hmm. it, man, from the opening kickoff to the end of the game because the crowds are getting bigger. We're getting more and more fans coming on and their strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Also, I think even going forward that we have homecoming coming up. I think we, we kicked off our homecoming week with this win at Alabama AM. And I coach Prime mentioned something about the attendance. I myself want to put a challenge out, man. I want to get 45,000 and set an HBCU oh, record for homecoming gotta, attendance. Got
3: to go up some, so um, yeah, A.D. Robinson said he, wanted, been... he put out, he said he wants 50,000 in the state oh, he want oh, 20,000
2: oh, know outside. A.D.'s challenge is no way that we should not have 50,000 in the vet. I want 50,000 in the vet and I want 20,000 outside. 70,000
1: people, that's the challenge for the weekend. Well, look, forgive me, A.D. Robinson. I'm sure changing us. I, I, I can echo that. Fifty thousand, the I love nation. Let's get it. Fifty thousand for homecoming. Set an HBCU record. It'll never be broken. Fifty thousand. We're gonna, we're gonna change the game starting this weekend. Go ahead, BJ. And
3: I'm with it, man. Um, I felt the energy. Um, they were energetic. They were into it. And man, it, it felt good. And it kind of felt like we just took over. Like it was like our side was just full of energy. And on their homecoming, it felt like a funeral.
2: So it, it was a home going. Uh, it, it started out home as a going. homecoming, but it ended up a home going. And those fans started leaving after halftime. Yeah, they really did. They went to the party, I guess. <laughs> no, they didn't go party. They went home. <laughs>
1: well, it was a home going. It was a home going. I had my flag with me to cover the casket. Because I had <laughs> that flag shaking for everybody man.
2: No doubt, no doubt. All right, fellas, we we you know we're celebrating this win now, but you know, Coach Prime and, and staff they're already back at it as far as you know, looking forward to the next game and going forward in the, throughout the rest of the season. So, uh, my question for you, you know, a lot of people are trying to crown us champions. We, we won the East, but let's talk about this. Do we had we're in control of the East because we control our own destiny. But what's left? Is, is it oh, a done deal?
1: Is it, no, sir. No, sir. Deal? No, sir. We ain't worried about none of that. We got a we we got a, we got a very important game coming up against Alabama State, and if we remember what happened in the spring, we got some more motivation coming up. Oh no, we we just want to know. That's all we did. We got another game coming up. We're not worried about November or none of that. It's next. It's, it's next game up. We're not doing that until we get to the end of the schedule. That's it. Oh no, we taking them all seriously one by one. So, Next so man me, up, knocking them let, down.
2: Let me talk about this, though, and BJ as well. I know you're around the team a lot, and you get to hear, you know, Coach Prime when he's talking to the team and getting getting them ready for the following game. Now, this game could easily have the makings of a trap game, and I say that because you're coming off the big game, you know, right? Game everybody has circled on on the calendar. Big win. A lot of times. That's followed up with a, a big letdown. And then you factor in homecoming, which we hope the players don't get too involved with the festivities. So and you were talking about a, a team, Alabama State, that's you know not considered one of the top teams in the SWAG, let's be honest. So could you see this potentially being a trap game? Or what is Coach Prime, what is that staff likely doing to make sure that that doesn't happen?
3: Well, I can go on that real quickly. My team got right back to work um, after the game and got a good practice in so um, on Sunday, I trust this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust this coaching staff. Um, I think they're gonna be ready to play.
1: But BJ, I definitely want to echo that because I know a lot of people may think this is gonna be a trap game, but it's the the main guy that wears number two with an L on his jersey. He's quick to remind you that he posted a picture and he's he himself stated the date. Mm-hmm. He did all all he, he did. did was put the date of he this did. game that's coming up next for homecoming on his hit list so no there won't be any uh, any letdown or you know we're bypassing this team where it's a trap game I can assure you that QB1 ain't gonna stand for it
2: I agree All right, good stuff well big week coming up homecoming and then obviously uh, revenge another revenge game Uh, so we're looking forward to that but before we get out of here guys we gotta talk about the sideshow the antics as I like to call it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, we got to talk about the annex, but first, you know what? Let's hear from a few fans that we caught up with right after the beatdown.
1: Hey man, yo, know,
2: what what I expected to happen happened. They didn't have a, they didn't have a
1: defense. I know our offense had been struggling, but a struggling offense against a struggling defense is a match made in heaven for me. And so I feel like whatever happened happened. I expected that to happen, so I'm excited. Uh, I think this is a turn in the right direction. I bet they won't schedule us for home homecoming again.
0: Uh, This Big Sean, uh, just want to let Maynard know uh, that
2: you can't come to Jackson and wear crowns and put on belts, this was payback. This was personal, this whipping was personal. We came and took over y'all homecoming. (laughs) The spring did not dictate the team that we got now, and it showed. So I mean, all the speculation, all the talk, all the BS that they were saying about it, now what you gonna say? And so Maynard said, get some five stars, we got some five stars, now what?
1: (laughs) Straight domination, defense came, they played, they played lights out. The offense stepped up and did exactly what they were supposed to do. You could tell those guys was prepared. You could tell they prepared all week long. All the naysayers, I'm so sorry. But Jackson State came and they dominated. And you can tell that we are the Swag East champs. You can go ahead and count that one, put that one in the books. Yo, and he
2: we told you he was coming on y'all next.
3: That's
2: it. That's all I got. <laughs> defense showed up and showed out, man. And I asked it. It could have very well been a shutout game. should have been. And uh, but I mean, they played exceptional well. And I'm proud of man. I do want to keep that same energy going into the next week game. So all you naysayers, now you doubters, I believe. Now do you? I believe. <laughs> hey, you know this read. I predicted it
1: 48 to 10, but you know what I'm saying? 61 to 15, baby. Hey, Maynor, you wanna talk stuff? You want to run your mouth? Don't come for them Tigers, baby. Don't you ever schedule us for homecoming. I'm thankful, young lady, that the fans and the pageantry of what's happening, and this is a homecoming. Who was the fool that invited
0: us to a homecoming? D.I. <laughs> love, J.S.U.
2: All right. Shout out to the fans, the best fans in all of HBCU yes, football. Sir. Quite possibly yes, sir. the best fans in all of college football. Jackson hey. State fans, They are the best. We are the best. All right, guys, but let's talk about it. You know, we this is something that started in the spring after the loss and it's carried over into this fall season and into this game. It was a lot of chippiness before kickoff and chippiness after the game. BJ, you were right there in the middle of it. I was hoping you wouldn't get involved. but, but you, you didn't get involved it. Were, were you holding people no, back? No, it was, was just good laughs. Right? It, was, yeah, it was just a okay. good laugh. What did you see, man? Let's talk about it. Let's get it out there.
3: Man. Which it was a swag environment from the jump. Um, in pregame, you felt the energy, you felt the tension, and you just felt it. Um, um, personally, I felt like it was coming from more from. Maybe they thought they were trying to get in our heads, but I think it was the reverse. I think we got in their heads, and I think there. Um, just, and you know, some things were said, some words were said that you know we can't announce on here. This is supposed to be a family environment, so that lets you know the energy that was down there. And um energy kind of left um soon as they got kicked off
2: and you, you saw what it was, you know, now and even play. after the game. DJ, oh, let me pause. You. Let me pause. You know, you said, personally, I, I kind of feel like it. Nah, we can keep it real, man. <laughs> we can say what it was. This is Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. We can let the people know. That started with them. All right? It came from their coaches. Not only were their coaches talking to us, to our coaches, but they were also talking to our players, which is just totally unacceptable. So that's what kicked things off. Definitely. Happened and
3: um some of our coaches, not gonna call their names, but they just weren't going for it. And absolutely that's Wish what they that that's, that's what kicked it off and it went you felt the energy. And of course their players, their players, it's their coaches, so no matter what, you're gonna back your coaches. Right. So it just became an energy and you know what I'm saying. I enjoyed it. I felt like that's ease, that's that's the swag. I mean track part of the game. But and you know, we just, you know, sometimes people feel like lying, certain lines, they be crossed but hey, I'm with it all.
1: And we just proceed to pull our bet off and give it to him. <laughs>
2: that's, that's how you respond. That's how you yeah. respond. And, and then after the game, more chippiness. Right? I, Ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> hey.
3: That's part of it, you know. I guess they didn't like um us leaving what, you know, they asked. What he
2: asked for? What did he ask? Yeah, he for? did ask for it, hey, man. The pink scooter,
1: you know, yes. and, you know, well,
2: my um, grandfather told me. He did for a me... pink scooter, he asked
1: for he didn't a scooter. Have to apple <laughs> scooter, but like, yeah, the old, the apple like, is... like, like they say, man, be careful what you ask for, you just might get it.
2: Okay. Right. Anyway. And, and if you're asking, a long time ago, if you're asking you know? in jest, if you're asking in jest and we give it to you in jest, you can't be mad because yeah. it's all in jest. So, so is you it know? not in jest or is it in jest?
1: Hey, I guess it depends on what side you're looking at. I by purpose, I personally think that he was very intentional on his request. So we just obliged and gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And he also got a signature on it as well. So uh, I think absolutely. he should have
3: took keep it safe. home.
2: And- uh, I keep uh, saying yeah. that's that's a Deion Sanders signature. <laughs> you better cherish that. But in all seriousness, I hope you get better, Coach, because you talked about you were a little bit injured getting off the bus and that's why you <laughs> needed the, the scooter. So definitely, yeah. definitely hope you, you you heal well, heal quickly, and you're ready for this next game. Y'all have coming up against Fab Which we also awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fellas, I know. We, we got to talk about this. Is where before we go, you know, this thing. You know, we we talk about how that being, you know, fun and, and good natured. You know, we we I interviewed Mo Carter from Huntsville Station, Fox 54, and asked him about Coach Maynard. He said that's just his personality. A lot of people may take it the wrong way or take it too seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know He can he can dish it, so he has to be able to take it. So, honestly, I don't put much stock into that. He said something. Coach Prime responded. You know, that's all cool. That's all fine and dandy. But this thing did get personal. I, I'll be honest with you, and I'll go ahead and put it out there. There was a letter that was sent to Jackson State University, specifically to Coach Prime that came from Alabama A&M. Now, when I say it came from Alabama a and I don't know who specifically – It came from, I don't know if that was from administration. I don't know if that was from coaching staff, student athletes, or just fans. I have no idea. But this letter that was delivered to 1400 Lynch Street came from, quote, unquote, Bulldog Nation, 4900 Mm -hmm. Meridian Street North, which is Alabama A&M's address. This was uh, leading up to the game. Okay, again, it was sent to Jackson State, care of Coach Prime. So this was for uh, Coach Prime. And it was profanity-laced. It was personal It was name-calling, and it was very disrespectful. And when I say disrespectful, it challenged our coaches' intelligence. It -hmm. challenged our players' abilities. When I say it was profanity-laced, it contained every curse word in the book (laughs) that I won't even repeat here. And those words were directed at those who were reading the letter. And, again, the letter was addressed to Coach Prime, if you follow what I'm saying. It did have some humor, humor at the end, though. I'll say that because the last part, I'll read this part the last part of the letter, it said, and I quote, ass whooping time, 45 to zero, y'all won't score. Hmm. <laughs> so at least we got a good laugh out of that. But that was disrespectful. That was, you know, uncalled for. And, you know, that's just, that just can't happen. And, you know, I know there's a rivalry, we, we get it, but at the end of the day, we're HBCUs and we're all in this thing together. You just, you can't do that. That was tasteless. And that was with no class.
3: Um, Corey, I'm going to take you back to a statement that I know most of us have heard growing up is that you never um, write a check that you can't cash. <laughs> and that might have been that situation. But, Absolutely. you know, we took care of that next one. So,
1: like I said, that's why we proceeded to take our bet off and give to him some straight. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. good old you know, what, you know what the sad thing about the letter? Well, the letter itself was sad enough, but I guess I'll say another sad thing about it is that They said it before the Grambling game. (laughs) And we know what happened to them in the Grambling game. So they were already looking ahead to us. So they're talking to us, end up losing the Grambling and got dismantled by us a week later. And,
1: and you know, Corey, before you go, I I, I have to mention this. I'm sorry. But, you know, since we're bringing up, you know, content, that that was a a, a video that was actually put out, you know, by (laughs) a particular, you know, quarterback stating that he never loses. And coincidentally, he hasn't won since that video came out. Oh really? Yeah, out oh, say I he says 0-2. I he says I don't lose and proceeded to lose to two freshmen back to back. So I think I think to reverse oh. this mojo, somebody needs to make a video and he and he says that I can't win to reverse this mojo that you got going on. <laughs> I can't <laughs> lose.
2: <laughs> oh man. All right, but no good stuff fellas, you know, we went in like like we said, we dominated and I think this is really going to be a springboard uh for the rest of the season. I think we got the mojo going on offense. The defense ain't going nowhere. His plug and play on defense. Shout out, Coach Dennis Thurman. So yes, sir. I think we're in for uh, uh, Thurman, Steve. Steve. <laughs> Thurman Steve. Thurman <laughs> Steve. All right, fellas. Hey, well, I'll see you guys at homecoming. Y'all be safe traveling and let's yes, sir. party. Let's party.
1: Let's, get let's it. go, D I Love family. And point I don't lose. I don't lose.
3: Deion Sanders and Jackson State get the job done serving up one of the worst beatings in AM program history. 61-15 was the final. Here's Coach Connell Maynard
1: after the game. I'm lost for words. Um, we got taken to the woodshed today. We didn't show up. We had the big, second biggest crowd ever and we just came out here and laid the egg, man. And so uh, it's my fault. I'm a head football coach. I didn't get us ready to play offensive, defensive, special teams. So we got to go back to the drama. We got a lot of work to do, but we're going to get it done. I shook his hand and looked at Mike right now. I said, ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun, is he? And then y'all know his scooter
2: quote, right, this week? Yeah. We left one out there for us. Y'all hit the music and have a good time. That'll do it for episode 195 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook. And Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify so on and we'll be posting each episode on our facebook instagram and twitter pages as always thanks for your support go tiger hashtag i believe hashtag pack the vet hashtag the i love
0: without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop